0: Our mortgage for this building is paid in full.
1: God so good, so so good to us.
0: Amen. Turning your Bibles to the Book of Saint John, the Gospel of John, chapter seven. John 7th chapter. The context here is: it is the Feast of Tabernacles. Which is pretty much an eight day festival where the Jews commemorate their journey through the wilderness, where they slept in tabernacles, brush arbors, and makeshift shelters and tents on their journey from Egypt to the wilderness. It is a, I believe, is a picture of our life right now. You may have a really nice home, but in reality, compared to our home, homes,
1: Amen. you're just candid. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: You're just candid. All right. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, say. He didn't whisper it. He didn't have a loud microphone. So I want to read it like he said. Kelly, if you could just turn this down for a minute. to slide it all down. All right. He cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me
1: and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his
0: heart will flow rivers of living water or yeah. right, you can cut me back up <laughs> verse 39 but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified and we pray Father I thank you for your word I ask you, Lord to speak to our hearts today Challenge us, stretch us, educate us, grow us up in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) This is Julio Franco, oldest oldest successful Major League Baseball player in history. On April 21st, 2006, 47-year-old Julio Franco became the oldest player in Major League history to hit a home run. A week later, on April twenty seventh, he became the oldest player in 97 years to steal a base. With a cloud of skepticism surrounding the sport, Franco's longevity has met suspicion from players and outsiders who doubt that he has stayed in top shape through natural training alone. For example, in 04, retired outfielder Andy Van Slyke accused Franco of using steroids. Franco's response demonstrated the true source of his remarkable life. A couple of us have done research, and this is still stands, as far as we know. He said this when asked about Andy Van Slyke's quote that he's on steroids. He said, tell Andy Van Slyke he's right. I want the best juice there is. I'm juiced up every day, and the name of my juice is Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm on his power, his wisdom, and his understanding. Antibank's life is right, but the thing he didn't mention was the kind of steroids I'm on. Next time you talk to him, tell him the steroid I'm on is Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> on the last day at great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. The contemporary English version said that he shouted, If you are thirsty, come to me and drink. The New Living Translation said, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I'd like to speak to you today on the promise of the Holy Spirit. First, a little background. Jesus made this declaration... On the last day, the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles, an annual eight-day festival where Jews lived outside of their mountains for a week, in their yards and on their roofs and out in the countryside, in brush arbors, and makeshift shelters to commemorate Israel's 40-year sojourn in the wilderness. They do this in Israel every year, still. Here, at the end of this week-long reminder of the time when God gave their forefathers water, that came from a rock. Jesus declares himself to be the source of living water. Rivers of living water. He's the rock, amen? amen. There's another verse in the New Testament that said, that rock out of which the water came followed them, and that rock was Christ. I don't know if the rock actually rolled, that would be the first case of rock and roll, or if the water <laughs> coming from that rock pursued them, giving them drink when they needed it. It was on this very day. Uh, On this day, each year, a priest in the temple would pour out as a libation, an act of worship at the altar in the temple, water from a golden pitcher that had been drawn from the pool of Siloam. Remember, that's the pool where Jesus took, told the blind man to go and wash the mud out of his eyes. You'll like this. The pool of Siloam was supplied from a subterranean channel called the Fountain of the Virgin. It was on this very day, Jesus Christ, who also came from a virgin, prophesied that he would pour out the living waters of the Spirit. And I believe he made this declaration in the temple, in the temple period. As the water's being poured, he's declaring My goodness! Give me a handheld today. The battery's already dead. All right. So you get the picture? The festival where they the time their forefathers were in the wilderness and lived in tents. And we water from a rock. Here Jesus, the rock of ages, declares himself to be the source of living water. On this very day, when the priest uh, <laughs> pours out a pitcher of water as a libation or an act of worship before the altar, with water drawn from Siloam, which had a source called the fountain of the virgin, here Jesus Christ, the son of a virgin, declares himself to be the source of living water. Isn't that good? He promises the Holy Spirit. This promise is echoed throughout the book of John. He said in John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So he's coming at the time when he's going to ask the Father to send this Helper, the Spirit of Truth, which is the Holy Spirit. Verse 25 of the same chapter, he says, These days I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So this Holy Spirit... Would be sent in the name of Jesus by the Father, and he is a teacher, not only a helper, but a teacher. And he, King James also calls him a comforter. In John 15, speaks again of the Holy Spirit. He says, When the helper comes, and I shall send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit inspires us with knowledge about Jesus Christ. John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is everywhere. Prior to the sending of the Holy Spirit, Jesus lived in a human body. He received that body from his mother, the Virgin Mary. And he could only be one place at one time. And so mobs many times would follow him, and it would be very difficult to receive ministry from him, because he was just, he was God manifest in the flesh, the Son of God, but he was limited in that he lived as a man. But it's God's will that we all live as men, anointed by the Holy Spirit, because that's how Jesus said. And so when he left, he sent back the Holy Spirit. Now, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is being manifested everywhere. See how that's better? Mm-hmm. And yet a better day is coming when we're going yeah. to catch up, be caught up in the air. In John 16, verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit knows the future. And in John 20, this is after his death and his resurrection, he appears in the midst of the disciples who are meeting in a house. He walks right through the wall. And tell them peace be the unto you. And when he said that, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And he told them they had the authority to forgive sins or to retain sins. So he commanded his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit that he had been promising them. Luke also echoes this promise. In his his tradition of the Great Commission, Jesus said in Chapter 24, verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And that's what they did. Luke also wrote the book of Acts, and he picks up in the same context that Luke ends with, Acts begins. He says that being assembled together with them, he, the of Jesus, commanded them not to depart. From Jerusalem, see, carry in the city of Jerusalem. Don't depart from Jerusalem. See those two passages there. But wait for the promise of the Father, which He said you have heard from me. All right, He told him multiple times about this promise. Then He said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Here's four other passages we won't look at where John the Baptist prophesied the same thing. He said, "I indeed baptize you with water, but there is one who is coming after me, who is greater than me, who will baptize with the Holy Spirit." Who would say this is something that's important? Amen. Yeah. I think it's the important. Verse eight, he says, "You shall receive power." Acts one. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Who knows, the church needs power to be a witness. Amen. We live in a world full of skeptics. Yep. So we need some help. And God knows that. And He sent the Helper to help us. Now, here's some facts we notice about uh, this promise. Number one, those who truly believe in Jesus will receive this promise. Remember our text? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, his innermost seed, the old says, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. This safety of the Holy Spirit, which is not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So those who believe in Jesus will receive this promise for us. This promise will be our Helper, our Teacher, and our Reminder. He is the Spirit of Truth who will lead and guide us into all truth. Can we say all truth? All All truth. truth. No one has all the truth, but the Holy Spirit does. And we're on a journey as He teaches us through His Word. And we are empowered to be witnesses when we are filled with Him. Who would say we need the Holy Spirit? Yes. We need these things in our lives. The promise begins to be fulfilled. The disciples go to Jerusalem and wait there. They have church every day. They're worshiping, praying, meditating, no doubt talking about this promise. that Jesus said, okay, we're supposed to wait here. And 40 days later, or 10 days later, it happened during the festival of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Pentecost is another Jewish festival, which means 50 days after Passover. Passover is a festival commemorating their deliverance from slavery where they took an innocent lamb, the slaves took an innocent lamb and shed its blood and put the blood on the doorpost of the house and ate that lamb, waiting for word to come from Pharaoh that says you're free. Pharaoh had been plagued with several plagues and he Every time he would change his mind and not allow them to be free. But this particular plague broke his heart, and the plague was the plague of the death angel, where if when the death angel passed through the land of Egypt, if you did not have the blood of a lamb on the doorposts of your house, the top, the sides, and and I believe the bottom, because if if the death angel is going to come and take your firstborn child, you want to make sure he sees the blood, right? So how let the Jews put a little dab of blood on the door? So they put some on there. It so it's running down the side and dripping off the top. And the blood's in four places. What does that remind you of? The cross. The cross. So in Jewish culture, they celebrate the Passover feast every year when they remember what God did at the Passover. Fifty days later, they're out of wilderness and Moses received the two commandments. The law is given. And so they celebrate the giving of the Ten Commandments fifty days after Passover every year on the day of Pentecost. Here is the day when God chose to pour out his Spirit, this very day, where the Holy Spirit would come and write his law in our hearts. No longer do we live, no longer do we live by uh, the laws on stone, but we live by the law that's written in our heart through the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when this day fully came suddenly, verse 2 says, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Notice the word if there. To my knowledge, that's the only it ever used in scriptures referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Tell your neighbor. The Bible always calls the Holy Spirit he. But here the Holy Spirit is referred to as it and I don't think it's really referring to the Holy Spirit as much as it is is the sound coming from heaven. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and this sound, or it, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. A few years ago, actually a couple years ago, the Biblical Arts Center, who's been to the Biblical Arts Center in Dallas? They had a fire and lost a marvelous painting, which is a painting of this day. And the painting has this occurring, not in the upper room, as tradition says, but in the temple. If it happened there, how significant. It also could easily uh, explain why so many people gathered when this phenomenon happened, and Peter was able just to stand up and preached there would have been room for thousands of people The sermon that he preached In explanation of this event uh, 3,000 people became believers So it probably happened in the temple uh, Tradition also says That Jesus appeared to 500 people But by the time that of Pentecost came There was only 120 left Well I don't know that that's true Remember in the scriptures Many times when people are counted They only count the men they don't count the women and the children. And so there was at least 120 men here, plus women and children. So there could very well have been 500 people here on this day. And they were all full of the Holy Spirit. and began to speak with other tongues. let say other tongues.
1: <laughs>
0: as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in languages they did not know, as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And it was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, about men from every nation under heaven. They had come in for this special festival, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in a speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marvelled, saying to one another, "Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born?" And the scriptures list close to 70 different nationalities that these people were speaking in their language. Said, so What were they saying in these languages? They said, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean, others mocking, said, oh, this is some kind of new drug. They're full of new wine. But Peter stood up and began to explain with the eleven. He raised his voice, don't worry, I'm not going to do it today, and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. So this event must have happened at early morning everybody. who knows. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in a quote from Joel chapter 2. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, And they shall prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. To prophesy is to speak in a language that you understand, but words that God has inspired you to speak. The New Testament says that prophecy is exhortation, that is to call up higher, edification, that is to build up, and comfort, that is to calm down, to comfort, to encourage He goes on and preaches preaches to them about Jesus. And they become convicted of the fact that he had been crucified in this this great city of Jerusalem. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the gift. So here he is extending this promise to the hearers as well. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God, will call. Now remember earlier in this passage, he's reading from Joel chapter 2, where he said that God promised to pour out his spirit in the last days. If those were the last days, what are these days we're living in? There are still last days, amen? So this promise still stands, Jesus Christ has been saying yesterday, today and forever. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted in saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. So this was an awesome occurrence. Does it continue? Yes, it does. In Acts chapter 4, it talks about a prayer meeting where 5,000 people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice this. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So we see several signs here recorded in the scriptures that are evidence of the Holy Spirit. We see someone receiving the Holy Spirit. We see speaking in tongues, declaring the wonderful works of God in a language a person doesn't know. We see prophesying, declaring in, in a known language, words that encourage and inspire. We see dreams and visions, remember Joel chapter 2? And here we see that we know the Spirit and speaking the Word of God with boldness. It's going to take some boldness to be a witness in our day, is it not? We are living in a culture that is becoming more and more anti-Jesus. Yep. You can talk about God because all religions worship God, but when you uh, uh, call their God, but when you talk about Jesus Christ, man, that cuts to the chase. Yeah. Yep. And there's pressure when you put on Rick Warren to not pray the inauguration prayer in the name of Jesus. Right. But he's going to do it. We need to pray for him.
1: Yeah.
0: Holy Spirit helps us to be bold Amen. in an anti-Christ culture. In Acts chapter 8, the gospel goes outside of Jewish territory in the Samaritan land. These people were a mixed race of Jew and Gentile. It so says when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I say it does not tell what sign occurred when this happened, but it does say there was a sorcerer there who liked what he saw and wanted that kind of power and offered them money. You know, we live in a day and time where I see on Christian TV oftentimes a new and money for sale. Wow. for $2,400 you can get an anointing times 10 or for 240 you can just get an anointing those guys wouldn't have taken Simon up on the deal yeah. he got some money out of him and sold him this ability Peter didn't do that he told him, your money perished with you then Simon began to beg for forgiveness in Acts chapter 10 the Holy Spirit is poured out on non-Jews tote your bread uh, he Gentiles
1: <laughs>
0: While Peter was speaking these words He's preaching about Jesus The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who've heard the word Now remember He said in Acts chapter 2 To repent, be baptized, you'll receive the Holy Spirit Here the sequence kind of seems to get messed up Because nobody's been baptized yet They're just hearing the gospel for the first time But what happens when you hear the word? Faith comes when you hear God speak, and He gives you the ability to believe, that is saving faith. So they're being saved as they're hearing the Word, and God then pours out His Spirit on all those who heard the Word. And those of the circumcision, that is the Jews who believed, were astonished as many as came with fear, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now let me just... Just make one little comment here, so we're all in the same vein here. The New Testament begins with five books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Gospels, or the biographies of Jesus Christ. Those books are named after, or known by, the men who wrote them. The book of Acts is often called the Acts of the Apostles. It is the story, also written by Luke, of the early church that Jesus began and how it grew and began to spread the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. So that's what's happening here in these verses we're looking at from the book of Acts. Some have correctly said, I believe, that the book of Acts should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit a spiritual church begins to do great things in establishing the spreading of the gospel to the Roman Empire. How do they know that these people have received the Holy Spirit? How did the Jews know? Because it happened just like they had seen it when they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 46. It says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? Who has received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to say, a few days. So the church grows and the Holy Spirit is helping them. Acts 13 gives another example. It says the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So here we see tongues, magnifying God, and joy as signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Who could use some more joy?
1: Amen.
0: Joy of the Lord is our strength. So we see as as signs that one is receiving the promises is you can receive the power to be witnesses for Jesus. You may speak in unknown languages as the Holy Spirit enables you to speak to declare the wonderful works of God. I have spoken in tongues many times and the way it happens is it does not originate in my mind. When I speak in English, I think of what I'm going to say normally and it comes out of my mouth. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and God blesses you with the enablement or the inspiration speak in tongues the words bubble up out of your heart and they just come through your mouth one syllable at a time. You don't know what a word is what a syllable is, what a sentence is, what a phrase is, a paragraph or a book. You're just battling away in an unknown tongue but in so doing it strengthens your heart and your spirit and if it's interpreted the person hearing will know that you're magnifying God And sometimes it happens in the presence of people who aren't sure about this Jesus thing. And then when they hear an English speaker speak in their tongue, it's it's very convincing. Prophesy is another sign. As the Holy Spirit inspires believers to speak words in their old language that exhort, encourage, and comfort. Now I was raised in, uh, I would call it, hyper-Pentecostalism. Where unless someone speaks in tongues, they're not even saved and so for 14 years I had not yet spoken tongues I lived under great condemnation because I wasn't saved somehow I'd become a crying seeker and I was I was a second class citizen as it were but in reality I remember later on in my life we were praying with some people in Africa to receive the Holy Spirit I remember a young girl named Melrose who began to prophesy and we had the audacity to tell her she had not yet received the Holy Spirit which she's fulfilling scriptures Supernatural dreams and visions. Remember Joel chapter 2. Those are also signs that can occur. Boldness to speak the word of God can happen as a result of receiving the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. We're saying about that today. Romans 14 says, The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy
1: Spirit. Let's just pray for the Lord. Lord,
0: I pray that your word would come alive in our hearts. That as we hear these simple truths and this wonderful promise that you are generating us a hunger and a desire to receive all that you have for us and walk in the reality of being filled with the Spirit every day. Amen. I have a question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? In Acts 19, Paul found some disciples of John the Baptist. And he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In Acts chapter 10, remember the Gentiles, they received the Holy Spirit when they believed. It all happened simultaneously. So we asked them. They had not. They said, We've not even heard as much as there is the Holy Spirit. He said, And then, what then were you baptized? He said, in John John's baptism. Paul said, John had been baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So they've been baptized by John the Baptist. And his baptism was one of preparation, a symbolic washing, that I'm leaving my old ways, my old ways, and I'm being cleansed through repentance and being washed in this water to rise up and follow the Messiah. Alright? That was kind of the Old Testament rite. They actually, uh, priests were actually immersed in water in preparation for their ministry. But New Testament baptism is different. It is faith and action in the fact that Christ died for our sins, He was buried, and He arose from the dead. And we act that out. Act out what we believe by dying to our sins, that is repentance, and being buried in a water grave and rising to walk in the newness of life. This is our Savior did. Because when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul baptized them again. And then he laid hands on them. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The Bible says, the next verse says, these were twelve guys. So did they all speak in tongues and all prophesy? Or did some speak in tongues and some prophesy? I don't know what the scripture doesn't say. It says they spoke in tongues. That is, declare the wonderful works of God in the language they didn't and they prophesied. That is, they spoke inspired words, encouraged, encouraging words from God. So, let me ask you the question Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believe? Yes.
1: yes.
0: The Holy Spirit is in operation when we believe, He is the one who enables you to hear the Word. He is the one that confirms the Word in your heart and convicts you of the truth that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died and did rise from the dead and He is your Lord and your Savior and you are forgiven. The Holy Spirit is in operation, but there is this promise, this baptism of the Holy Spirit that it's possible to be a believer and not yet have received that. I know I'm coming at you with a lot of scriptures here, but just Just calm down You're a child of God God loves you But it just may be He has more power for you Amen Amen. It's not Jesus plus It's Jesus in his entirety He is as John the Baptist said He is the Lamb of God Who takes away the sins of the world And he is also As John also said The one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit So I can ask this question has the Lamb of God, has taken away your sins, filled you to overflowing with His Spirit?
1: Amen. Amen.
0: The next question is Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I say to you in Luke 11 Ask, and it will be in you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? The applied answer to all three of these questions is no. No father would do that. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts say good, good gifts gifts. to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If evil fathers know how to bless their kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit if you ask him? So my final question is, have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Have you asked? There's another verse that tells us we have not because we ask not. In Acts 19, those 12 disciples of John the Baptist didn't know to ask. They didn't know about this promise. They did not yet follow Jesus. They've been following the teachings of John the Baptist all these years. When they heard about it, they obviously became open to receiving. And Paul laid his hands on them. Receiving the Holy Spirit can happen through the laying on of hands, It can happen while you're worshiping. It can happen while you're praying. It can happen in your sleep. It can. But it all has one common denominator: the person asks. Now, God is sovereign. In Acts 10, they didn't know to ask. Peter didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. It just happened, bam. So it can happen while you're hearing the word. But generally, in almost the majority of cases, people who ask are the people who receive. Now, some people do not ask because they don't know. Other people do not ask because of their theology. Maybe you've been taught that the Book of Acts and the Gospels of Jesus are history, and God no longer does that because we have the Bible. Now, I love the Bible. I believe it is inspired. It is a textbook for living. New Testament definitely is relevant for today. But, the God we serve is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not Holy Bible. The Holy Spirit is not replaced by the Holy Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired the Holy Bible. That's right. It helps us. It's wonderful. But it's a textbook that teaches about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Who ever heard of a textbook the existence of which would do away with one of its subjects? This is a book that's alive and powerful and sharper than any two inch sword. The Holy Spirit is still for us today. Amen. We're still living in the last days. God is coming after a glorious church.
1: Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Not having a spot or wrinkle. A bride prepared for her husband. But she doesn't have on the Cinderella shoes, she's got on the Army boots.
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: A church that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to play you a song. And as we do. As we listen to this song, and you can watch the screen if you like, just right where you're sitting, I want you to begin to ask the Father to do it with you the Holy Spirit. Right now, let's just pray a prayer of repentance, because the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in the temple. So, let's clean our temple by asking for forgiveness of anything that would grieve His heart. Just pray with the Almighty God, my god i ask you to forgive me i ask for you to forgive me of me all my sins of all my sins those things i don't remember those things i don't remember and those things i should forget and those things i should forget i ask you to forgive me i ask you to forgive me fill me with your holy spirit fill me with your holy spirit baptizing in the holy spirit baptizing me in the holy spirit, Baptize me in the holy spirit. Alright, let's just wait on the Lord and in this season listen to the you to, to begin asking. Ask. Seek. Knock. Look at the verse. So he said ask there will be given you seek and you will find a knock that it will be open to you. early master seems. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open. You may want to come to the front and just kneel, or kneel at your seat or sit in your chair. And be open to receive what the Lord has for you. relationship with you. The Lord wants you to be your total self in our presence. We want to receive all that you have for us. Jesus. The kingdom of God to enter it, we become his children We recognize that we need a Savior. And we submit to his saving us from our sins. And it works in everything that God has for us. We must recognize our kingdom. So when you heard a new news, old news to you, but it's still the truth. The promise of the Holy Spirit is still a promise today for all believers to receive. All believers to receive. The Lord has more for you. I'd like for Kelly to prepare to uh, play some ministry kind of music, and I'd like for the prayer team to get ready to come forward and light up across the front with me here. And if you would like to receive prayer for anything, healing, or reading in prayer for uh, a need for for anything in your life, we'll be here to minister to you. But if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, we would love to lay hands on you and. Pray for you. To receive, what we do is we'll agree with you and ask with you for the Holy Spirit again. And as we wait on Him to fill you, we'll begin to worship the Lord and begin to thank Him by faith for what He's doing. You'll be amazed what going to happen in your life. So if the prayer team could come up and line across the front and you'd like to receive prayer for anything, please, the Holy Spirit, we're here to pray with you.